Today, we will be speaking with Anup Srivastava. He has worked in corporate for 14 years, received his PhD from the University of Texas A&M, and was a part of the faculty at Northwestern Kellogg School of Management and the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth College. He is currently the Canada Research Chair for the Haskane School of Business at the University of Calgary. His research has been featured an extensive number of times in Harvard Business Review and California Management Review. I hope you enjoy the talk. Give us a rundown on what value investing is. So the idea of value investing is that you are using some fundamental analysis, some fundamental factors uh, to take investment decisions. So uh, the idea is to buy low and to sell high. Um, which every investor wants to do. They want to buy low and sell high and make money. Uh, but in doing so, as far as value investing is concerned, you are uh, basing your decision on some fundamental factors. Uh, for example, you want to buy a house uh, and you, you see the price per square footage in the surrounding region. And you see that all the houses are listed at, let's say, $200 per square feet. And in the same region, you find another house at $150 a square feet. So price per square foot is the fundamental value that you use to buy uh, that house because it's cheaper than $200 per square feet. Similarly, you look for companies that are selling for cheaper price uh, on a price to earnings basis or something called as market to book value basis. That means that you're paying cheaper price uh, per dollar of earnings for, for certain set of companies, or you're paying lower market value for a dollar of book value of the company. So you try to buy at low price and then you sell it at high price and make money. So how has the use of value investing changed over time? So th there are still people who are, uh, who are uh, using value investing. In fact, if you talk to anybody, uh, Nobody is going to say that they are not doing value investing. Theoretically, everybody is doing value investing. It's just what they are using to estimate whether this is a good value or not. For example, for the house, I said price per square foot. For companies, they can say price to earnings ratio or market to book ratio. So everybody is using it. Uh, nowadays, you see more algorithmic trading and you see more uh, machine-driven trading. And there are they're all using some decision rules. But when you dive down into decision rules, it comes back to same similarly similar metrics such as price to earnings ratio or market to book ratio. And how can beginner investors, young adults, college students use value investing in their own portfolio? So learn the basics. Uh, first of all, figure out figure out what the value is driven by, what is the price driven by. Uh, theoretically, it is driven by earnings power of the company. Uh, so price is uh, present value of future cash flows. You know, if you don't understand, uh, your, your, your students don't understand this term, uh, anything that you buy, for example, you buy a house to give it out on rental basis. So the value that you're willing to pay for the house is present value of all future rents that you can derive from that house. Similarly, price of a share is present value of dividends that you can get from the uh, from that share. So try to figure out what the valuation depends on. Uh, very strictly speaking, the price depends on earnings power of the company, 
and risks associated with that investment. These are the two fundamental factors that affect the price. Where can people find the information necessary to value a company? So the information to value the company as far as accounting is concerned, it is all available on internet. Uh, uh, every company, every public company has to file uh, their financial reports. Uh, financial reports, uh, they come at annual frequency, so once a year. These are the financial reports that are audited. And every quarter, the firms are supposed to provide financial reports. And uh, you can, at least for you, in US context, you can go to SEC website, or I'm sure in Canadian context, you can you can even go to company's website, uh, click on their investor section. And within the investor section, you can ask, you can look for financial reports and they will provide you with all the financial reports. When has value investing proven to be most effective and when has it been least effective? So value investing used, it worked very well, uh, the so-called value investing. So I'll go with the, the investing techniques that are associated with technical term value investing, which is uh, prices determined by earnings or prices determined by book value. That investing worked, investing technique worked very well in the 20th century. In fact, for almost 70 or 80 years until about 1990, it worked very well. Uh, 1990 onwards, actually from 1988 onwards, it has not been working that well. Uh, last 30 years, except for a few years, uh, that is post-dot-com burst, that is 2001 to 2006. And right now in this year, uh, 2022, it has worked. But you take these six plus one, seven years out out of those 30 years, on average, uh, it has not worked very well. And why is that? Because the principal factors that you use for value investing is something called as profits, earnings, and uh, something called as book value. Uh, book value is the reported value of assets on company's balance sheet. Both are uh, noisy or inaccurate measures of firm's value. Uh, you might have heard of a lot of unicorns. Uh, unicorns are startups that are valued at a billion dollar or more but they actually are incurring losses. Similarly, companies, uh, tech companies such as Twitter, uh, which were valued at 20 or $30 billion uh, for a long, long time were incurring loss. So if you think that profit is a sole driver for value and you start using profit as a basis for taking value decision, investment decision, then you might make big mistake and you may end up losing money. And where do you think the use of value investing is headed in the future? You mentioned that 2022 has been a good year for value investing. Do you think this is a trend that continues for the next five, 10 years? So uh, there has been reversal in this year. Uh, let's talk about post-2008 to 2021. So I'm talking about almost 13 years. 2008 to 2021, interest rates were very low. And if you remember during COVID times, the governments artificially brought the interest rates down. <clears throat> when interest rates are brought down, uh, that means that they actually favor technology companies. Technology companies are the companies that are taking risky bets and they're investing in future, future technologies and their profits are far, far away. So low interest rate environment helps the technology companies. 
high interest rate environment has exactly the opposite effect what we saw in 2022 was interest rates went up and therefore the technology companies lost value so if you are holding traditional companies in 2022 their prices also declined technology companies were also declined but technology companies declined more than your traditional companies so if you had what is in in investing terms called short sold technology companies and you are holding long position in traditional companies relatively speaking you would have made money so what has happened in 2022 is primarily related to the interest rate change in the interest rate environment a lot of people might also have questions about inflation and how does inflation affect uh, high value companies and people who are investing using value investing so uh, at least this year uh, if we go by what has happened in this year inflation has helped uh, value investing uh, inflation means that uh, the governments have no choice uh so let's talk about what is inflation inflation means that prices have gone up and governments try to bring inflation down they have a sweet spot for inflation they don't want it too low they don't want it too high so in order to decrease inflation they increase interest rates so that your borrowing costs goes up and you do not buy too much so when you when you are forced as a consumer you not you're forced not to buy too much it brings down the prices now when governments increase interest rates it has a negative impact on technology company valuation so inflation leads to high interest rates which is government imposed which leads to decline in tech prices so at least this year it shows that inflation has a negative sorry inflation has a positive impact on value investing because when tech stocks go down value investors make money but at what point do you think that inflation is simply too bad that it's at a point where it's hurt these value companies too high does it ever reach that point so inflation hurts everyone there is an optimal point so if we don't want zero inflation we do not want double digit inflation we want let's say 2 or 3% inflation every year because inflation benefits everyone for example if you want to buy a house you want a, a house that keeps on increasing its value every year and that you're not paying unreasonably high interest rates similarly companies want that they want to invest today fix their cost and they should keep on getting better and better prices for their products in future so they want inflation governments want inflation because it it leads to predictable increases in wages and it leads to improvement in economy but you don't want it too high this is the goldilocks zone not too hot not too cold but something in between so if interest if inflation for example reaches double digits then it hurts the economy because what happens is that average consumer is still earning the same amount of dollars but they now buy less in the same dollars so they start cutting on their non essential items once they start cutting non essential items the demand goes down when demand goes down it affects the sales of the company if it affects sales of the company they stop investing when they stop investing people lose the employment which has a vicious effect because people already are not able to buy as much as they could in the last few years plus they also face higher unemployment so this vicious cycle is called as uh, stagflation you know there is stagnant economy and inflation and that that is a very detrimental effect
So to summarize, governments and companies want some level of inflation, but not too high. What do you think is a big misconception that a lot of people have about value investing? So the misconception is that uh, you can use some numbers mechanically uh, uh, using simple spread spreadsheets and you can identify stocks that are overvalued or, or undervalued. Remember, we are trying to identify both uh, undervalued and overvalued stocks. Uh, when, when we want to make money, we want to sell overvalued stocks and buy undervalued stocks. And so the misconception is that doing back of the envelope calculations based on such price to earnings ratio or market to book ratio, you will be able to identify the portfolio that should be sold and portfolio that should be bought. And it's not as simple as that. What is the biggest mistake that a lot of people make with value investing? So the biggest mistake, at least in the last uh, 20 years, has been to mechanically rely on some numbers and take portfolio decision. So there are many value funds that have closed in last, uh, uh, I'll not say 20 years, but since 2009 or so, 2009, 2010, many value investing funds have closed because they kept on losing money year after year. And they kept on making the same mistake, which is to simply rely on market to book ratio and price to earnings ratio. Let me give you a simple example. Uh, Amazon has not been making profits. For a long, long time, we didn't make profits. Amazon, till uh, about about a year back, you know, it, it became a trillion dollar company. Let's say you had short sold a stock. Short sold means you had sold a stock without owning it. You would have been out of money for by a trillion dollars. Okay, that's the amount of money you would have lost. So many, uh, based on value investing, many investors short sold tech stocks. And they went long on traditional companies when the stock market moved exactly in the opposite direction. Tech went up and traditional companies went down. And year after year, they kept on losing money because they replied on, relied on simple ratios such as price to earnings ratio or market to book ratio. Therefore, do you think people should not look towards a strategy in their investment? They should change their... Uh, what I call as metrics for performance evaluation. So for example, if you're buying a house only on a price to price per square foot basis, then you may end up buying a house which is badly damaged or it had a water leakage or something like that. So you need to take many more inputs into account, uh, which is, which, uh, you know, for technology companies, there are different inputs that we need than the numbers that are reflected in financial statements. For example, future cash flow, subscriber growth, uh, technology leadership, so on and so forth. Those factors should be taken into valuation decision. And do you believe this is something that retail investors should spend their time evaluating in order to construct the best portfolio possible? Uh, my personal opinion is that retail investors should not be participating in stock markets uh, because for of two reasons. First of all, they do not, you make money in stock market if you can beat others, okay? Uh, and others have access to uh, professional sources of information. They have access to in information technology and they, are, uh, they have access to sophisticated fund managers. 
So when you are trying to beat the market, you're trying to beat on average all of those people. Uh, that's first. That's the first point. The second point is that when you buy stocks as an individual investors, you do not have enough money to diversify your risks. And uh, those who study portfolio theory, they will learn that we are not just talking about expected returns, but the risks that we take to earn returns. A diversified portfolio manager uh, who has access to technology, who has access to expertise, has done it in an optimal way in the sense that that person is trying to uh, optimize returns uh, for the risks that that person is taking. So in summary, individual investors uh, should, ideally speaking, stay away from the market as much as possible. Does that mean that you believe in a passive investment strategy? What else would you recommend that's not I will actively not say, investing in the stock market? I will not say passive investment, but identify what you strongly believe in and then give it to a, to a fund manager who specializes in that area. For example, if you, if you are quite optimistic about telecom or you're very optimistic about retail or you're optimistic about oil and gas or you're optimistic about ESG, then give your money to to specialists who who specialize in these kind of investment strategies. They are going to be costlier than passive invest investment investors, passive fund managers. Uh, I'm talking about active fund managers who take positions based on let's say ESG or oil and gas or telecom or retail. They will be costlier, but they are still their professionals.